This is a breaking news segment here at FreightWaves now. We'll get into that. First, I want to introduce Zach and Donnie Gilbert. Uh, so, second largest merger in truckload history taking place uh, with the acquisition of U.S. Express by Knight Swift. Start off first by disclosing that our founder, FreightWaves founder and CEO, Craig Fuller, does have interest or own stock in uh, U.S. Express through his family trust, but we will have a discussion about this all. Zach, I'll start with you. You see this this headline and the acquisition. What are your initial thoughts? Yeah, I mean, first off, you know, Donnie and I have known Craig for a long time now, and it is a bittersweet day uh, for him. I mean, the fact that his family, of course, has had, you know, their founders, uh, longstanding history here, also ingrained in the DNA of our town here in Chattanooga, uh, U.S. Express, has seeded a lot of companies, uh, you know, over the years. A lot of talent comes out of that uh, out of that company. So, bittersweet day. However, I think you know, in the bigger picture here, this is actually a really good deal mm-hmm. uh, for U.S. Express. Um, now, the fact is, they're going to obviously have a little bit of that turnover in the upper levels of management, uh, replacing CEO and president uh, will be positioned by Knight Swift, of course. But um, you know, big picture here, I think it's. It's interesting to me because I it's hard to watch a company, you know, like US Express that has such a long history and then just kind of stumble here towards in one arguably one of the best freight markets in history yep. uh, in 2020, 2021 uh, during the pandemic years where it looked like you could just have a truck and it money would just show up at your door. Yep. So I, I think breaking down a little bit of the nuance there of what happened and, and you know how that can manifest in such what looks like such a prosperous time for trucking. Yeah. Donnie, get your initial thoughts before we get into some of the details behind yeah, it. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I, was I was very shocked when the news came across. across. Uh, uh, we grew, grew up with Greg. Uh, uh, this company was part of their family's life, very ingrained. I've got a blanket that says U.S. Express Southwest Motor Freight from back in the early 90s. I've got little red trucks all over my house. And, it, and growing up with Craig, it, it also affected us as well. Uh, we would be out uh, in our teenage years camping. Craig was dispatching trucks. He was working, working for this company and building it. Uh, and so uh, it's it's gut wrenching, but at the same time, it is a it is a good deal. So um, it's good for the family, but at the same time, it, it pains me to see it happen. Absolutely, obviously, the impacts here in Chattanooga are great. So breaking down, kind of. The details behind the deal. So first, first one, obviously six dollars and fifteen cents a share, eight hundred eight million dollars. So pretty hefty premium to where the stock was trading at at close yesterday. But overall, it's about where that long term average is. Your the company itself is really making a play at newer fleet. Some, I mean, U.S. Express is maintenance one of the youngest maintenance wise. It was one of the best. They they kept their trucks on the road, right? <laughs> right, and and that's ultimately the most one of the most important things when you're operating truckload carriers. You don't want that downtime for your your trucks. But then on the flip side, you have Knight Swift, who obviously has had this history of taking, obviously the largest merger in truckload history when Knight yeah. and Swift merged it back in 2017, and you had Swift, whose operating ratio was consistently in the 90s, where you had Knight consistently in the 80s now consolidated they're in the mid 80s so it's been this they have this kind of history of a a turnaround and as you kind of alluded to it's been 
almost a stumble over the past few years on the US Express side. So it almost makes sense for a company that has experience doing this to come in and make an effort to drive this operating ratio back down into the mid 80s. I think in the press release itself, it says targeting high 80s uh, for the consolidated operating ratio by 2026. Yeah, and, and Knight Swift, of course, has a history of really driving improvement in the operation. And that's what US Express needs, obviously. Uh, you know, having a 101 OR in Q4 of 2021 in trucking uh, is, is alarming, uh, to say the least. And I think, you know, most of the sources kind of point back, and you can kind of see it with the advent of a uh, variant, you know, this initiative uh, that was supposed to be you know, kind of this new revolutionary uh, operating procedure. And it it was very hands-off. It was supposed to be very technologically driven. Uh, and it just fell flat uh, for, for multiple reasons. Some of it had to do with, obviously, the transitioning from the old way of doing things to the new way of doing things. I think there, were some, there was some confusion internally about how that actually should work and should look. Uh, recruiting drivers, obviously extremely important, and not all the time is technology a good route to help you maintain and keep your drivers happy. Yep. Uh, you really have to be precise when you execute that. And I think that's really, obviously, what uh, led to the demise here of US Express and why they're uh, having to consolidate with Knight Swift. Now, I, I think the big uh, picture here, it looks really like, I think it looks good because <laughs> um, US Express is going to basically maintain its own kind of institution mm -hmm. inside the umbrella of Knight Swift, which is what Swift had done. Uh, and they have all, they already have this model inside of Knight Swift where this, this has worked in the past. And just kind of uncovering some of these operational inefficiencies is exactly what they specialize in. And I think they'll have pretty good success. Yeah. Donnie, I mean, your thoughts when you, when you see, ultimately the initial number, but then also kind of, you know, having worked there, these, this discipline that, I mean, obviously they're on the rate front. I mean, that was an area that kind of fell behind. And, and you see it when the company talks about being exposed 40% to spot market in the most recent quarter. And obviously we've, we've talked about it for months, how spot rates have obviously rapidly declined. You kind of follow behind in terms of the rate aspect or pricing discipline, whereas you have a Knight Swift who has been pretty disciplined overall with when in their rate, rate side of the business. I see where you're coming from, but some of these issues started before, and I believe part of that was uh, some issues in the management. Uh, we had issues with holding on to some of the superstars. Uh, we built Freight Alley, or US Express built Freight Alley. Mm -hmm. These guys came in, they weren't able to keep them. They went out and they built other companies, which eventually became competitors. And uh, an example, I work here at Freightways. I was very in-depth with our customer success. Any local company I called up, I found one of my old US Express friends from the, the, the mid-2000s that was a superstar then, and that was running one of these companies here mm -hmm. now. They lost a lot of their good talent. And then you got a turnover and it's new talent. And I think it just kind of snowballed and yeah. uh, they got behind on their rates. They got behind years ago. I was brought in to, to be uh, um, to build a, a new spot rate uh, team to help them get caught up on some of these rates. So these flags have been showing for years and it's now come to a, a, a point. And this is a point where 
if US Express can keep their maintenance discipline and on that operating side, keep those costs relatively or low relative to the entire market, and then bring in the pricing discipline or rate discipline from the Knight Swift, it it's gonna be accretive to Knight Swift's earnings overall because you're getting the best of both worlds in that instance. Yeah, this is a great deal for Knight Swift. I mean, yeah. arguably. I mean, I know maybe some people on paper might say you're paying a premium, mm-hmm. uh, but you're actually getting $2.5 billion of revenue. Yep. And you're also reducing the average age of your fleet, which Knight Swift has been struggling with over the past few years. Uh, I believe US Express, obviously, uh, Max Fuller wanted to be the Cadillac of uh, truckload carriers. Sure. That, was, that was the theme. Um, and so he really, you know, put a lot of emphasis on having a high end offering, uh, j- just because this, you know, this variant pricing, uh, scenario didn't work out the right way. I mean, timing could obviously be blamed for this a little bit. We, we, you know, coming through COVID and trying to implement a new strategy and a new kind of initiative you know, nobody has that crystal ball that knew exactly what COVID was going to be. And I don't fully understand the whole underlying reason that variant stumbled throughout COVID. I mean, when you, when I hear 40% spot market exposure during the COVID era, when spot rates are hitting all time highs, I'm like, that should have been okay. So there's obviously some underlying operational inefficiency there that Donnie and I, you know, we both worked at US Express for periods of time, him longer than me. Um, and his experience was pretty different than mine, but there were still some of these similarities in terms of operational direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a lot of, you know, and this is a lesson for a lot of companies. When you have management uh, that has these kind of separate initiatives moving all at the same time, sometimes that can lead to a lot of inefficiency mm-hmm. and confusion about the actual overall goal. And when you have variant over here operating, you know, its own thing. Almost independently, right? You, you can end up having like kind of isolating and, you know, neglecting other areas of your company and especially in trucking. Yep. It, it, it's hard to innovate in trucking because the operation is so streamlined. Everybody's used to 95 ORs, 93 ORs. Night Swift, when it's operating at its best in a non-COVID environment, is right around an 88, 89 OR. Yeah. And to that point, I mean, you think about the technology... Uh, there are tech developments that can be made, but ultimately the basis of a truckload operation is a truck and trailer have to move goods from point A to point B, and it requires a human still for now, right? right. So it's, it's, you can invest in technology, but it is still a human intensive, human capital intensive business model. Oh, 100%. I mean, <laughs> they're getting a steal on some of these assets, Tony. Some yeah. of these assets, uh, 1.7 was the average age, average age mm-hmm. of the fleet. Yeah. And also, Tony, look at their trailers. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the, back in the day, they had issues with trailers that were missing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All their trailers have GPS tracking on them now, and they can tell if they're loaded or not. So if a shipper's trying to hold some of their assets, they can go say, Hey, the weight's not, there's no weight on the, on the back axles. This trailer is empty. We need to keep it moving. Yeah. And they're getting all this, uh, all these assets in this buy, which is going to really help out their own assets. Yeah. And we'll bring up a chart here to kind of just show the relative size of this acquisition. I mean, you're talking 7,200 trailer or tractors, over 14,000 trailers, 11,000 employees, much of which are here in this Chattanooga area. Uh, $2.2 billion in revenue. You look there at the combined entity, you're talking 25,000 trucks, 
93,000 trailers and almost $10 billion in revenue. I mean, it, it seems like a, that, that immediately accretive. I mean, you're looking at, at least on the revenue side, right? You're, you're able to buy some, uh, there will be some overlap in terms mm-hmm. of that. So it's not a direct one to one, but overall, you're getting younger equipment uh, in a time where there still are backlogs mm-hmm. from these OEMs. So you have that benefit. You're getting employees that kind of, they understand the basics, right? Now you can bring in management and, and really streamline the process. <clears throat> and you're buying up a trailer pool that's, I mean, double the amount of uh, tractors, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're going to 93,000 trailers. That doesn't include the Night Swift intermodal pl- or intermodal containers as well. So, I mean, ultimately, it is a massive, massive and, deal. And also kind of like, you know, off, you know, the direct, obvious, uh, overriding impacts here. One of the big things that's happening, this is consolidation. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a removal of a competitive entity from the truckload market. And it is a huge competitive entity at that. So this is really a good deal for Night Swift in the way that now they've just consolidated uh, one of their bigger competitors. Yep. And that's going to, you know, I'm not going to say that pricing power is going to return to the carrier overnight right. by any means, but it's certainly a huge factor in the way that now you don't have these two uh, mega carriers. Uh, and I, you know, use that term loosely there. These two big carriers, large enterprise carriers consolidating their fleets um, to where they're not competing on bids anymore. Yeah. And when you remove, you know, there's arguably, I know that the truckload market is fragmented. 93% have less than 20 uh, (laughs) trucks in their fleets, but it's really about the top 20 to 30 fleets in terms of size that are really competing for some of the largest amount of freight in the country. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, you look at the new entrants in the market, a lot of them are on the small end, right? Whereas you have these legacy plays that have been around for 30, 40 years, but they're the ones that are going to make the big moves. Mm-hmm. And, and part of it, and, and, and you've seen it happen because if you look at Night Swift's balance sheet throughout the past two and a half years, they've really been building up this war chest mm-hmm. that kind of has given them the ability to go out and make an acqui- a big acquisition to ultimately set themselves up for success because inevitably the market will turn. It's just a matter of when does that happen. I mean, Donnie... You can you can talk about it again. You you worked there for some time. It, it's one of those things. It sets them up for success long term. It's not just a hey, let's take out a competitor. It's a it's a way to get in and buy these assets at I don't say a discount because <clears throat> you look at it, it it is a premium to the current stock price. But overall, it brings in a newer fleet that has been well maintained. That especially when you look at the Night Swift fleet that has been aging. Over the past few years, I mean, I think I look from 2019, you've seen consistent aging of the equipment. It's, it's a lot harder to roll that older equipment out. Now you're bringing in an influx of younger equipment. Yeah. I mean, look at the, all the, all the struggles that they've seen getting new trucks built, mm-hmm. uh, just because of, you know, parts issues over the last through COVID. Well, try to get 7,000 new trucks. Now you're not getting 7,000 brand new trucks, but you're getting 7,000 trucks that are near brand new. Yeah. And so this will, you know, help with the age of their fleet. Now, are they going to keep all 25,000? I believe they are. Uh, and they're going to run this separately. But, you know, they're, um, they're keeping all the employees. There'll be some issues. There'll be some changes in upper management. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they'll, they'll get this. They will get this company straightened out. Um, you know, I, I worked with some issues there where 
uh, Zach kind of mentioned earlier, uh, maybe some incentives, had managers making decisions that uh, made more sense that helped their paycheck than it was helping the company. Uh, I did get in trouble and swapped <laughs> over to a different division because I told my main manager he wasn't a company man because I had booked five loads for U.S. Express trucks that were sitting in Louisville, Kentucky, and he hid them and outsourced them. And because he made better money and it, and it, and it padded his pocket a little bit better, they will fix that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you look at who their nice will bring in their executive team to, to come in and implement the changes that are needed in, yep. in this instance. And it's, again, it's one of those instances that it's a big deal and you're seeing there was change, change was needed in some extent because, I mean, you talked about it, a hundred OR in, Q1 or Q4 of 2021, which is arguably the best operating conditions of all time. It's quite difficult, especially when you look at Night Swift was in, I think they were at 78 in, in the yeah. quarter. So drop very, <laughs> very big different yeah. operating, uh, I mean, that condition. was, that was the golden quarter yeah. to, 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 to perform. And when you can't perform in the best of times and you're at over 100%, then you know when it goes to flip back. Eventually, you're going to be done. You can't run over 100% forever. Yep. So, Zach, I'll ask you this and kind of lay out how how did we get to this point? The market from 2021 to 2022, now to 2023, you're seeing acquisitions pop up in the market. Mm-hmm. It is a, a buyer's market. Obviously, U.S. Express has a big a debt. It has a lot of debt that is coming to maturity later in the year, but... Again, it's it's one of those things that now it's the opportunity that in the marketplace right now, capital markets have dried up mm-hmm. to an extent or interest rates, that debt would be financed at a higher rate than maybe what it was before. Now you see, you're seeing this happen a lot more, this this acquisition, but none necessarily to this scale. Why get a break down the market and how we got to this place and, and ultimately what it means for the future? Yeah, so I mean, speaking to the debt, uh, this is actually this is a really good win for both U.S. Express and Knight Swift here mm-hmm. in terms of uh, they're going to be able to refinance that debt at a much better rate <laughs> yeah. uh, because Knight Swift's asset liquidity position is far better than U.S. Express's. Um, so they're also going to, you know, th- all of these trucks have revenue assigned to them in mm-hmm. some form or fashion. They don't have to go out and grow organically. This is arguably the only way to grow or scale a trucking company is to purchase and consolidate. Yep. Um, because you, it's hard to have a truck because then you have to go get freight for yep. that truck. That, that customer acquisition <laughs> yeah. cost is really high really if you're trying to grow freight. it. Because, yeah, like you mentioned, you're buying the asset, yeah. you're having to probably find a driver for mm-hmm. that, which is, a, what, the second or the largest expense. And mm-hmm. then you have all the fuel and things like that, but that gets into some of the operating. But like you mentioned, it, it's growing organically is much more difficult or much <laughs> more expensive. And can you get 7,000 trucks from the OEM on top of what you're trying to turn over? At yeah. The time? Yeah. No. And, and, and of course the environment that we're in is, I mean, we knew there were going to be consolidations this year. We knew that there were going to be, uh, and, and we still haven't really, we're just, in the early stages of what is a down market compared to where it was in, you know, the COVID years. So this is a, this is a very unique situation because arguably people are going to be like, this is a down market. How can you go out and buy trucks? 
when freight volumes are arguably, you know, significantly lower. And it's because these trucks already have, it's a 101 OR. You know, you got a couple of basis points away from being profitable. And all, all that is, is just finding a 2% more efficiency mm-hmm. and immediately you're making money. And I, I think just looking at that Q4 OR, the, you know, even the Q3 OR from 2021 uh, for US Express, there's obviously a lot of low-hanging fruit <laughs> sitting in that operational efficiency. And I, Knight Swift obviously is confident that they know how to find these types of things. Uh, the, the one thing I think it'll take a, it'll take a minute. Uh, obviously, the scale of this merger is, you know, that takes time. You, yeah. you got to go in, you got to identify what's going on, how you can integrate quickly mm-hmm. uh, in certain areas. And you've got infrastructure that you've got to go in and start kind of piecing together. So it's not going to happen overnight. And I think we're still four months away from the closing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's obviously <laughs> pending SEC, yeah. the final approval. And, and like you meant, I mean, that's why they're targeting 2026, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking two and a half, two and a half years, really three and a half years, uh, from <laughs> now that until we see that, that efficiency drive into those, the high eighties consolidated, Donnie, I mean, talk about the, the driver pool overall for Night Swift now with this, because I mean, you're looking at us express, I, I think in the last quarter that they broke out variant, you saw driver turnover at 150%. So, I mean, what talk about the driver pool for the combined entity. I would have first been worried about if you shake up a company like this, that you may have drivers dispersed. Mm-hmm. But look at the way the markets have deteriorated. Uh, and typically in times like this, uh, if you go back 18 months, drivers could have gone to any company for big bonuses because everybody was trying to get drivers. Well, you're going to see turnover rates on these trucking companies start to drop down because drivers have no place to go. Mm-hmm. So this is the best time driver-wise to do this because they can't just pack up and leave. Yeah, some might leave. But that turnover ratios are going to are going to drop just simply because the markets, as we go through 2023, deteriorate, and they're not going to be trying to uh, hire more drivers because they're they're staying in their in their spots uh, because they can't jump over to uh, a JB Hunt, a Snyder, or a, a Covenant because uh, that's the typical way the markets work. Yeah. And it deteriorates. Drivers will stay. Your uh, turnover ratios will start dropping down. So this is a good time for them to do this. If it was 18 months ago and everybody else was hiring and they said, I don't want to work for Swift or, or Knight, those, they could have lost thousands. Yeah. So the better timing for this. Yeah, I think, I mean, this is an area that I look at regularly because it kind of helps gauge the market is, is seeing what's like an owner-operator's mindset. And, and we track that pretty well. And we obviously see some, some shifts in that, uh, I mean, fastest growth or fastest decline in Landstar BCO, which indicates to us that owner operators are headed back to company fleets well now you're setting up yourself for to bring in like you mentioned where they may have gone somewhere else when the market's hot well now your options are probably better put staying back at where you're at right because yes because you're going to bring in some of the efficiencies and hopefully obviously keep that utilization improve that uh Overall, I mean, Zach, maybe touch on your thoughts on on the driver pool in this in base for yeah, this acquisition. I mean, this is the perfect time for driver retention, mm-hmm. and and I think you made a really good point there, talking about this isn't like a 2023 deal. Mm-hmm. This is actually a 2024 2025 deal. Night Swift is making this purchase, n- not thinking about 
are not overly concerned about turning this thing around on a dime. They'd love to, and I'm sure they'll make their best effort. But uh, driver retention is huge when you're talking about this size, of, this scale of uh, acquisition, because everybody's like, oh man, I'm not working for this company. You know, They were already frustrated, but now their optionality is dramatically limited from where it was about 18 months ago. And I think that is probably a big factor of what plays into this. Yep. Um, when you're starting to... <clears throat> excuse me, uh, decide to make these big purchases, the driver always has an option to just take off. <laughs> and if they don't agree with, you know, going to work for, you know, whatever company purchases them, they have lots of options. This is a market where driver's optionality is dramatically limited. And I, I think for the long run, it also gives Night Swift some runway with these drivers. So when the market does eventually turn back in the other direction, which it will, and by that point in time, that means that they've had a lot of extra time with these drivers, this equipment, they've got some operational uh, things in their belt, mm -hmm. and they actually have a decent run because everybody expects 2023 to be a soft year for trucking. Yeah, and it's not just the driver pool, but I mean, you're looking at trailer pools and like the increase demand for drop and hook from their from customers, right? Mm -hmm. You've seen growth in trailer pools. We'll bring up the chart here once again that kind of just lays out the scale of this uh, acquisition. And you'll see, I mean, you're talking 93,000 trailers to 25,000 trucks. I mean, you're talking almost four trailers to every truck. Talk about, I mean, Zach, Donnie, either one, both... Talk about like the impacts of having a, a trailer pool of this size as as now for sure the largest truckload carrier in the country. You need to turn a trailer three times a week, so you can't have too many. You can't have too many trailers. You don't want your money tied up in, in too many assets. Mm -hmm. So as you do these drop and hooks, you want to make sure that you're turning these trailers three times a week. If you're not, you need to get that 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 truck ratio to trailer ratio and adjust it a little. And they're not too far out of this. They're they're one to four. Uh, so it's, it's, it's less than one to four. Uh, so it's not, it's not nothing crazy, but as long as they can manage that, manage the trailer pools. Um, I'm curious who's going to see the first blue truck come through Chattanooga pulling a U.S. Express trailer. Yeah. It, it could be very soon. It may not, but it, you know, typically sometimes that can get out of control too. Uh, depending on how they want to run this, uh, I saw some mergers way back in the day where they're trying to keep their trailer pools separate. When this was back when I was working at U.S. Express, and it got out of hand. Mm -hmm. uh, and then all of a sudden, this other company couldn't find any of their trailers at their customers because U.S. Express drivers were still in their trailer, using, using those as empties and hauling their freight. And they were getting it um, out of their, uh, got out of hand. Yeah, and these, and these customer bases are very congruent. Like, it, there's a lot of overlap here. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of operational efficiency between the two entities themselves. And when we're talking about tra uh, trailer pools, uh, Night Swift's and U.S. Express's trailers sit in the same yards yep. at the same customers a lot of times. So there's going to be a lot of room for them to just kind of consolidate their management of these yep. assets. And drop trailers, of course, becoming a bigger thing over the last couple of years as a lot of these companies, these shippers, have uh, recognized the efficiency gained mm -hmm. uh, when they can't get capacity. Well, if a company already has trailers in your yard, they're more likely to show up. Yep. <laughs> There's a lot of efficiency there. You don't have to worry about whether or not US Express or Night Swift is going to come pick up their own trailer. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think this, even though, yeah, maybe it's on the, a little bit on the high end, but trailer pool growth at uh, its shipper facilities has become more, you know, kind of in vogue. Yeah. I guess final thoughts here. 
just kind of touch on what your thoughts, again, uh, got your thoughts on the deal, but what does this mean for Chattanooga as a whole? Because obviously it's, it's one of the biggest deals to happen and it's happening right here in our backyard. I don't think we're going to see uh, a huge effect immediately. Uh, number one, local employees, everybody's been tightening up on trimming the fat here lately, so they don't have any places to go either. So they're going to stay where they are, but I don't think they're going to make a lot of huge changes that's going to upset these employees. Actually, with the better financing, it might actually take some relief off of these employees. They're not being uh, pushed to their limits every day and worried about uh, you know if they break every one of their goals. Maybe their goals will come down just a little bit. Uh, so I don't think you'll see any immediate uh, reactions here. Uh, they look like they're going to run it as you was expressed. Just maybe some changes in the upper management. And I think everybody else is going to be um, solid uh, if they want to stay. Um, I do hope that they keep the fleet young and keep it up to date, like, like what's been happening over the past 30 years, mm-hmm. uh, and keep these trucks on the road. So. Yeah, and, and of course... <laughs> Change is hard to deal with. I mean, there's going to be some churn. There's going to be a little bit of, of loss here. But at, at the end of the day, this is arguably the best case scenario for the, even the employees. I mean, maybe not 100% of them uh, are not maybe not going to like it. But I think for the majority, it's actually probably the single best thing that could have happened here because instead of U.S. Express kind of floundering, you know, financially and struggling to get back up, they did not have a lot of runway left yeah. after floundering through the pandemic and the market is down. So they weren't going to get a lot of opportunity to miss. <laughs> and now they actually have a second life, I think. And I think it's going to work out overall. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, mm-hmm. thank you so much for joining me on this breaking news. Be sure to stay tuned to FreightWaves.com for more uh, coverage of this acquisition. Obviously, a huge deal. 